Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Challenged. Our commitment as a husband and wife is being challenged. What is a marriage? Let me make it perfectly clear. A marriage is one man and one woman united by God. But that institution is being challenged. Even after you are married, it's still a challenge. Thank you. Thank you so much for your faithfulness to your spouse. We don't deal with a lot of divorce in this church. We shouldn't. So thank you for that. You're gonna be challenged about your job, respecting authority, your bosses or your foremans. There's a challenge to your commitment. People, if they get mad, they quit. Thank you for not being that kind of a person. You're gonna be challenged on a Wednesday night not to come to church and to find something else to do. But you have been faithful. I'm speaking to faithful people. I'm speaking to committed people today. Thank you for your faithfulness to Wednesday night services. You will be challenged on Sunday morning to come to family Bible study. Thank you for being faithful. You will be challenged even on a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Thank you. You know, I can, I can still, I'm not so old that I can't t- take attendance with my eyes. I, I can scan a congregation and I can know who's not there. And my wife did me one of the greatest favors ever. I would, after every service, I'd say, you know, where were they? I didn't see them today. I, we didn't get a call. What, how come they weren't in church? And I, I would go through this list and she said, well, wait a minute. Did you see the ones that were there? You know what, today, I'm seeing the ones that are here. I'm seeing the ones that are here. And so that's why I wanna say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your your faithfulness in giving. This is thank you time, okay? Is that all right? You need to be thanked. We thank Sunday school teachers, we thank preachers. I thank the saints of God for being faithful. Let's take a look at what we have, not at what we don't have. Let's take a look at how God's blessed us, not on what we want but that God has provided all that we need. Amen? So let's give Jesus a good round of applause and thank him for being so good to us. Amen. Praise God. And again, I just wanna say thank you. Thank you so much. Let's stand in honor of God's word. Revelations chapter three. I'm gonna read two verses today. Revelations three. And I'm going to read verse 8 and verse 20. The Lord said, I know your works, 
He's saying thank you. I set before you an open door. And no, remember this now, always remember this. God puts in front of us open doors and men try to shut them. But he said, no man can shut it. You have a little strength. That's better than no strength. Can I get an amen? Amen. You have a little strength and you've kept my word and you have not denied my name. Thank you. That's what the Lord is saying. Thank you. And then verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him, will sup with him, and he with me. First he talks about an open door. Then he talks about standing at another door and knocking. I believe what he's saying here is, I'm the one that opens doors. Even if man is the one that tries to close doors. But the other door is he's knocking on the door of your life and the handle is on the inside of the door. And only you can allow him in. And this is what I wanna talk about today for a few minutes. We have the opportunity of a lifetime. The opportunity of a lifetime. America is said to be the land of opportunity. But I want you to know that we live in the best of both. Not only do we live in the greatest country on earth, we serve the greatest kingdom and the greatest king over all the earth. What an opportunity we have to serve him today. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I heard a man say one time, he said, I found Jesus. Another man said, I didn't know he was lost. We didn't find Jesus. Jesus came to us. He knocked on the door and he gave us an opportunity. An opportunity that did not previously exist until he appeared on our doorstep. Every one of us today has been approached by God from people. Do you know God uses people? Seldom does he use angels. Most times he uses people. People are the ones that encouraged you in the way. People are the ones that invited you to church. People are the ones that taught you a home Bible study. People are the ones that gathered around you at an, at an altar and prayed with you. You had an opportunity, but people were the ones that brought the opportunity from God to you. And we should be thankful for these people. No, we didn't find Jesus. He came to us. The fact of the matter is all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and that the wages of sin is death. But now we have an opportunity, an opportunity to know him and to serve him. God came to us. First Timothy 3.16 says, and without controversy, 
Great is the mystery of godliness. God, everybody said God. God. Not a, a second or third person. But God himself was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up in the glory. And I'm here today to tell you that there's only one person that can fulfill this verse of scripture, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He is God manifest in the flesh. He has come to earth to give you and I an opportunity. And when opportunity knocks, the smartest thing we can do is open the door. Open the door. I remember my father telling me a story many years ago, and and I never forgot it. My father was a very conservative man, didn't take a lot of risks, but as he got older and and he drove truck for many, many years and and he was tired of it and, and, and he was thinking about slowing down or easing into retirement, there was a little ice cream shop in South Milwaukee. Currently we're across the street from Coles in South Milwaukee and it was called the Dario. And the Dario in South Milwaukee was the place that we always wanted to go as kids. Man, after supper, especially in the summertime, we're always talking about, can we go to the Dario? Can we go to the Dario? An ice cream cone was a real big deal. We didn't eat out very much. We couldn't afford to eat out, but boy, we liked those ice cream cones. And every time we got to go, we were so thankful. But the Dario, the man that owned it was old, and he was going to retire, and he wanted to sell it. And my dad said, well, the way this family likes ice cream, maybe we ought to make this a family business. And we all voted, yay! Man, I wanted my dad to buy the Dario, and and all of us kids would work there, and oh, it was gonna be great, and free ice cream. That's the way you think of it, you know, as a kid. Free ice cream. But my dad could not pull the trigger on the deal. He was afraid that, it, that the business might fail and, and it would harm the family. And he told me one day, he said, you know, Rick, one of the things I regret is I didn't take advantage of the opportunity that was presented to me with the Dario and get out of truck driving and take a chance. You know, life is about not only choices, it's about chances. And you don't know how many you're gonna get in life. You don't. And he forever regretted not taking a chance and taking advantage of that opportunity. That's probably why I'm a bit more of a risk taker. I I guess in some cases, I'm I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of change. I've seen people get old and set in their ways and they say, I don't want anything to change. Nothing is allowed to change. And I determined I was not gonna be that. If change is for the better, then let's change. If something's not working, and we've, we've done everything we know to make it work, then let's change it. I'm not talking about doctrine. We can't change the doctrine. But we can change methods. 
And we have changed methods. We have. How many of you ever heard of bus ministry? Eh, people jumped on with that and it, and it worked for a while and, and that's a good thing. And, and there's going to be some things that are going to come and they're going to go and they're going to change. They might come from our organization. They might come from another organization. doesn't matter. If it works, go with it. If it's going to improve the situation, take a chance. See it as an opportunity rather than a risk. How many of you have ever had a, remember the times when the Packers weren't playing so well, how many times did you want them to, to can the quarterback and get another one? This ain't working, boys. Losing games and seasons after seasons of losing records, this guy just doesn't have it. Well, maybe it's time for some changes and maybe we should see them as opportunities. Even problems are opportunities. Maybe we have to have a problem before we can go in the direction that God wants us to go. Maybe God allowed the problem to show us another opportunity. Anybody with me today? Did you have any problems before you came to know the Lord? Were there any problems in your marriage? Were there any addiction problems? Were there any financial problems? I'm saying amen to all of them. And now I'm looking back and saying, maybe that's what brought me to my opportunity to know the Lord. Because one day a fireman knocked on our door and invited us to church, really, it was God using a fireman to give us an opportunity, to give us an opportunity to come to know the Lord more fully, more fully. So if you're dealing with problems today, maybe you're looking at it wrong. Maybe they are opportunities. Maybe God wants to redirect your course. Now, we talked about Sunday school today. Let me tell you about how I feel about Sunday school. I feel Sunday school is an opportunity for my children and my grandchildren to receive an education scripturally on their level. I remember being a, a young Methodist boy, as long as I can remember, Linda and Steve will say amen to this, we did not have a choice about Sunday school. You are going to Sunday school. Even when my parents didn't go to Sunday school. I didn't appreciate that, but they were my parents, so I went to Sunday school. But that's where I learned about David and Goliath. That's where I learned about Daniel and the lion's den. That's where I learned about Joseph and his brothers. That's where I, do I need to go on? That's where I learned some fundamental things that became very important to me. So I really appreciate Sunday school. And I will never forget the time that my parents bought me my first Bible. It was a white Bible, 
and it had a zipper so that you could zip it up so that it wouldn't be exposed. And they put my name in gold letters on it. Rick Kylie, Holy Bible. And it was the old King James version of the Bible. The one that comes with the red letters. You know, everything that Jesus said is in red. That's what they said. Up until that point, we only had a Bible that sat on a coffee table. The reason we put it there was any visitors we had, we didn't want them to think we were heathens. We didn't get together and read it very often, except maybe for Christmas or Easter. But now I had my own Bible. And I proudly took that Bible to Sunday school. And my mom and dad told me that, you know, the, the really good place to start is read the Gospels. Read about Jesus. I didn't get much farther than that, but when I started reading from that white Bible, man, I enjoyed that so much. And I thought to myself, wow, wouldn't it be great if I could have lived during that time and, and been a disciple? Did you ever think that? What if I could have been one of, the, one of the 12 disciples and I could sit and listen to Jesus teach and I could see all these miracles and, and I could ask him questions? Wouldn't that have been awesome to have been a disciple and, and, to, and to walk in the land of Israel? I thought, man, that, that's something I really would have liked to have done. Do you know what? Years later, God gave me an opportunity to walk with him, just like he's given you an opportunity to walk with him. You may not be living in Israel, but you have been given an opportunity to know him, to walk with him, to hear his voice, to open up your understanding to the scriptures. You've been given a great opportunity. And it started with his word, it started with his word, and it became more than just a religion. It became a relationship. We should be so thankful for the opportunity that we have been given to know him. The opportunity. When we have an opportunity like this, we need to take advantage of it. Let me share this with you. Nobody knows how many opportunities they're going to have. Some people have been given more opportunities. I've seen some people walk with God for a while and then they walk away. And I've seen them come back and walk with God again and walk away. And I, I think to myself, how, how do you do that? You better pray you never find out how. You just better keep taking advantage of the one opportunity, if that's all you've seen, the one opportunity that you've had, stay with that. Because we don't know how many opportunities we're gonna get. One of these times they're gonna walk away and they're not gonna be able to come back. Do you remember I know I'm not screaming and yelling, but I'm doing, I am preaching. Do you remember Matthew chapter 25? He, he, he spent the time talking to the disciples and, and, and giving them instruction. And he talked about it in an hour, you think not. 
What if you weren't working with, walking with God at that time and you had walked away? What if, what if you said, you know, I'm just going to take a sabbatical from God and the rapture took place? Two were grinding at the mill. Maybe two sisters. Two were working in the factory. Maybe two brothers. And one was taken and the other left. You thought that maybe it was one believer and one unbeliever. What if it was one believer and one backslider? What if it was one person that no longer appreciated their opportunity to walk with God? What if they sold their birthright like Esau? I don't want to ever get to the point where I don't appreciate the opportunities that God has given me to walk with him. Let me, let me show you a couple of opportunities that other people had and how they took advantage of it. Did you ever hear of 10 lepers? 10 lepers. Do you know that the reason that the lepers screamed for Jesus? Because they were not allowed to get close to him. They had to keep a distance of 50 yards from everybody that was not a leper. They couldn't get any closer than that. They were the untouchables. But Jesus heard their screams because it was their one opportunity. One opportunity was all they had to meet with Jesus and they screamed for it. What about the woman with the issue of blood who had spent all of her living, who had been to all the doctors in town and was none better. When she heard that Jesus came to town on that day, what did she see that as? She saw it as her one opportunity. And the obstacles that were before her in the form of other people that were already around him would not stop her from taking advantage of her opportunity. If she had to get on her knees, if she had to crawl through the dirt, she would do it because she said, this is my one opportunity and I'm going to take advantage of it. And when she touched the hem of his garment, she was instantly healed. It was her one opportunity. What about the woman at the well? She'd never met Jesus before. It was her one opportunity to meet the one that could satisfy her thirst. The one that had known every person she'd ever been married to and the sin that she was currently living in. But when she had an opportunity to know him, she seized it. And she went and told everybody else she could find, hey, he's still there. Come with me. This is your opportunity too. Taking advantage of her opportunity. And what about the, the man that was born blind? The man that Jesus healed. The man that was so thankful for his opportunity to meet Jesus and to be healed by Jesus that he was willing to stand up to the religious rulers and say that he believed that Jesus was the Messiah. 
It was his opportunity. It got him kicked out of the synagogue. He was no longer welcome. Don't return. His parents weren't willing. They knew that if they stood up and talked in favor of Jesus, even though their son had been healed by him, they knew that they'd be thrown out. And they said, well, we can't answer. Go ask him. But Jesus, read the chapter. John chapter 9. Jesus, when he heard that the blind man had been kicked out of the synagogue, he went and he found him. Jesus found him and allowed him to follow Jesus. He saw it as one opportunity. I don't know how many opportunities we're gonna get in a lifetime. I don't know how many opportunities we're gonna get to come to an altar. But we need to take advantage of every opportunity that God gives us. We may have an opportunity tomorrow to lead some blind men to Jesus, if you know what I mean. Some people that have never heard before could have their opportunity through your life. This is the opportunity, the opportunity of a lifetime. I did get, eventually, I did get an opportunity to go to Israel. Brother Weinert, I've been to Israel a couple times. Wow, I am so thankful for the opportunity I had. Looks like I'm gonna get another opportunity maybe late this year. You know, the things that you ask God for, if he sees them as good for you, he will make a way. He will make a way. He will fulfill the opportunity of a lifetime. You know, I thought that when I first came to church that, you know, everybody there was crazy. By the way, the clock died. Would you like to see the clock? It's right there. The clock died at quarter to eight. But I remember first coming to a Pentecostal church and I remember the hand clapping and the hand lifting and the craziness and the loudness and and all of that that I was not used to, not familiar with. I was not excited about that part of it. But little did I know that it was my first opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord. And I could not deny that these people had something that I didn't have. I even remember one time telling my pastor something and he corrected me. I said, Brother Tamil, I said, I gotta tell you, I love you and I love these people. I am so thankful that I can come to this church. And he said, well, Rick, I have to correct you. He said, you don't love these people. You love the Jesus that's in these people. You love the Jesus that's in the people. You don't know what they were, and they're still human. Even after you get the Holy Ghost, you're still human. You still got flesh and blood. You still make mistakes. You still say things you shouldn't say. You're still human. So if you fall in love with the people, 
And this was what he was trying to tell me, and it's what I'm trying to tell you today. If you fall in love with the people, you're going to be disappointed. Because people are going to disappoint you. But if you fall in love with the Jesus that's in the people, you will never be disappointed. Because Jesus will never disappoint you. He will never fail you. He might not do it on your schedule. He might not do it the way you told him to do it. But he'll do what's best for you. He'll make a way where there is no way. I know God will make a way for you. He will give you the opportunities that you need. I, and I'm going to share this with you. When I, when I was a boy, I, I fell in love with a, uh, a Methodist pastor. What a great, great man of God he was. He walked in what he knew. And I thought, man, this pastoring thing would be a good gig. But I had a problem. I was afraid of people. I didn't like standing up in front of people. Matter of fact, when I was in high school, I took speech class because they made me take it, and I took an F. I refused to stand before the class and speak for five minutes. I took an F. I was afraid of speaking in front of people. But when God gives you an opportunity, when God fills you with his spirit, When God gives you an anointing and gives you a calling, it is an opportunity. You better not ever tell God what he can't do with your life because he'll prove you wrong. I could never be a Sunday school teacher. I could never teach a home Bible study. Don't you ever say that. With God, all things are possible. God can anoint a donkey. He can anoint you. God can talk through animals. Surely he can talk through you. You're just afraid because you're walking in your own ability and in your own own knowledge. And that's where you need God's anointing. And God will give you opportunities if you're a willing vessel. An opportunity. I'm so thankful for the opportunity that we have to be able to walk with God every day, aren't you? And by the way, I did get an opportunity to be a disciple. I am a disciple. So are you. You don't think that, do you? You think, I'm nobody special. No, you are special. You have an anointing. You have been called by God. It was God that brought you to where you are right now. And it's God that will take you beyond. You are going to be given opportunities. God is going to knock on your door. It's up to you as to whether or not you'll open it. And once that door is open, it is an open door ministry. I'm saying it. I don't know if you're believing it. But God can use any one of us that's willing. He has an open door policy. He's never too busy. Oh, there's some some of you walk back to the office and you and you see the door is closed, and you look in, and I'm, I'm with somebody, and you say, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to talk to him, and some of you are willing to wait. Listen, it's not that way with God. The door is always open, and he's waiting for you, and he's got time for you, and that's where you should go first. 
You should go to the open door policy of God and seize your opportunity. God is available. God is available. Let me share this with you. Matthew chapter 11. Let me show you the opportunities that Jesus presents to us. Three of them I'm gonna give you very quickly. Matthew 11 and 28, Jesus said, here's an opportunity, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. What will the result be if I come to you, Jesus? I'll give you rest. That's an opportunity. Then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know what's happening in America? People are not resting. People are fearful. People lack peace. K-N-O-W, Jesus. K-N-O-W, peace. N-O, Jesus. N-O, peace. If you know Jesus, you can receive peace. Prince of peace, thank you, wonderful. Counselor, mighty God. What more do you need? What more do you need? What an opportunity. Let me give you another one. John 6 and 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Well, I'm not good enough. That isn't what, that's not a requirement. You come just as you are. I guarantee you, you're going to leave differently. But you come as you are. Somebody should be able to say amen. You come as you are, and he won't cast you out. John 7, 37 Here's one of my favorites. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, remember when he talked to the woman at the well? If any man thirst, let him come unto me. Drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, Hey, let me stop here. How do you believe on Jesus? What rational thinking way of approaching God do you have? Jesus said, he that believeth on me as the scripture has said. Not as, I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this, not as the religious leaders have said, Not as history has said, not as public opinion has said, but as the scripture has said. As the scripture has said. If you believe on me, as the scripture has said, 
out of your living being shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit. When we believe on Jesus, as the scripture has said, we're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're going to receive the opportunity of a lifetime to know him in his fullness, to have him come and live inside of us, to speak through us, to speak to us on a daily basis. That is the lifetime opportunity that you need. He spake ye the Spirit, that he that believe on him should receive after the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. They didn't have this experience yet. But now, we have the opportunity of a lifetime. Let's stand together. 2 Corinthians 6 and 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What are you saying, Brother Kylie? I'm saying, Sunday morning, June 1st, 2014, one more opportunity, one more to come to an altar, to touch God, to hear from God, to receive from God. No guarantees for June the 2nd. I have literally heard stories of people that came to church and said, one day I'm gonna give my heart to God. Leave that service and not know that it was their last opportunity. An automobile accident who can predict those? A stroke from healthy people. Who can predict those? Who knows tomorrow? But behold, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. This opportunity that you have on earth today can make an eternal difference for your eternal lifetime and it all starts with the opportunity that you have to come to an altar today and meet with God Jesus I pray today by your spirit draw people to their opportunity their opportunity to repent of their sin Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.